Welcome everybody to uh, episode 21, is it 21 Rich? Of the it is 21, yes. Episode 21 of the Football Attic Podcast. I'm Chris Oakley and that man over there is Rich Johnson. Rich, introduce yourself formally please. Well I've, I've just been called Mr Sucky Sweet so <laughs> that's what I'm being called today. I am Mr Sucky Sweet, hello. He's, um, he's going to be changing his, his, his account on Twitter, he will be from this point onwards known as Mr uh, the, Sucky Sweet. Uh, the reason for the Sucky Sweet is because uh, I've still got a little bit of uh, illness um, so I am mm. currently sucking on a Jakeman's uh, established 1907 in Boston, Lincolnshire uh, throat sweet to help clear my throat and sinuses and it's not working yet so <coughs> excuse me I think I've got influenza Ooh. Oh dear. Well, that's uh, listen. Uh, before we carry on, first of all, a very warm welcome to all of you, ladies and gents. Sorry it's been so long since the last podcast and all that. Apologies, but part of the reason for that, part, yeah, I should uh, stress, is that either I've been ill or Rich has been ill, as he's pretty much, you know, very clearly indicating he's still not in exactly 100, you know, well. But and, you know, he's made this sacrifice. Heaven yeah. sake. Uh, yeah, you know, he's back again, and and you know I've had a really bad cough, and and some days I've been feeling a little bit peaky. So um, what can I tell you? But I, yeah, we're well enough, and we thought we'd make the effort. Um, as I speak to you now, it is four minutes to Christmas Day here in New Zealand. How about that for a fact? You're probably listening to this in July, uh, so therefore it's absolutely <laughs> of no relevance whatsoever. But um, if you're listening to this soon after we publish it, then uh, Merry Christmas to all of you for 2014. Hope you have a wonderful festive season, and uh, you know we're hoping to add to that uh, in no small part with our podcast which is going to be all about football nostalgia and its crossover with of course the Christmas season because as you'll appreciate um, certainly when you were younger I think I can remember that far back um, you would have got uh, presents and such like uh, which now are considered football memorabilia Um, wonderful things maybe board games or football annuals or football kits or anything like that and uh, so we thought we'd have a bit of a chat about that and um, talk about the kind of gifts that maybe we received in the past or stuff that we'd like to have received or maybe even stuff that we did receive and wish we hadn't because it was so terrible so that's going to be the uh, the subject for this podcast um first of all rich apart from the cough how are you doing you you're getting into the old christmas uh, spirit there and the the whole lead up to the big day you've only got a few hours to go i suppose nah f- christmas <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> um, Scrooge yeah, McSucky Sweet. <laughs> Scrooge McSucky Sweet. This gets better. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm the, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to it. I think kids are looking forward to it. Um, I'm not massively bothered because it's I'm you know an old man, so it doesn't really matter to me. But to see the look on the kids' faces when they open the presents <laughs> that they've already see the bought, Satsuma. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Scott's getting a guitar, so that's he's going to be well happy with that. He's wanted it. He's, he's actually saved up his birthday money and Christmas money, so it's wow. a it's a joint Christmas birthday present. Um, and are we are we talking acoustic or electric? <clears throat> just for the no, viewers, no, 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 an electric one, a very, a very expensive electric one, which hence why he wow. saved up his money. Uh, so he will be like well happy with that, in it. Oh, um, I should think so. I'm, Indeed, I, I'm getting an Xbox One, so you know. But I bought that. I bought that for myself, so it's kind of. <laughs> it's not really the same. I've just kept it. I bought it about a month ago, but I've kept it for Christmas just to have something to open on the day. Um, <laughs> from me to me. Yeah, I might even wrap it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, somebody has randomly sent my daughter a birthday present from all the way over in the UK. Um, we've got um, 
a, a Wii console and somebody, I'm not sure who, I have a, an idea it might be uh, who it might be, uh, but they've sent us an Xbox One skateboarding game. Uh, we haven't got an Xbox One. So, you know, I, I could send that to you. Maybe you'd be able to make use of that. I don't know. I could use it as a doorstop. <laughs> yeah, well, we could use it as a doorstop. No, no, you've promised it to me now. I'm going to use it as a doorstop. Oh. Get off. I need what? a new doorstop. Um, actually, it's got to be fully backwards compatible uh, <laughs> with previous oh, doorstops. Anyway, enough of talking about um, <coughs> uh, uh, IT-related <coughs> games, as it were. Um, let's talk about football stuff. Um, now, thing is, we, we have... I'll be honest, we've had a bit of a chat before we started recording here uh, today, folks, and um, turns out that not only is my memory bad in terms of remembering football-related presents from the past when I was a kid, but I think the same could be said for Rich as well, which makes for this uh, being a, a really wonderful podcast because we can't remember anything very much. But, I mean, I've got a, an idea of a couple of things that I think I got, football-related stuff that I got as a kid on Christmas Day when I was a kid, uh, Rich. But what about yourself? Is there anything that sticks out in your mind that maybe one or two things that can maybe we can pad out for the next 45 minutes? Nothing. No. Nothing. Not um, a sausage. No, no, I don't. I don't. No, um, I, well, that's the thing. I started thinking about it last night because I suddenly had this horrible image that we were going to do it like a, a bumper Christmas edition podcast. But normally, if, if it followed in the footsteps of uh, football magazines, it would be twice as long, cost twice as much, and have <laughs> twice as many adverts in. Um, yes. So, indeed, we will double the amount of adverts that we have in this podcast. Um, they're all going to be for sucky sweets yeah, Jakeman's sucky sweets uh, very nice um, <laughs> <coughs> but no I don't know, I'm not, so I actually got around to thinking about what I actually did get and, and I don't think I ever really got any um, like main presents that were football related because I, so, I was just saying to Chris just before that most of the kits I ever got I tended to get for my birthday because my birthday was in February so and, mm. and still is um, and so I, I don't know. I just tended to get most of the kits in February because I think I got my first Coventry one. I got in February, as has been noted in one of my articles. And then I think the next one I got was the England eighty-seven to eighty-nine one, mm-hmm. and I got that I think for my birthday as well. So I, I, I have got a few things. So I, I did note them down. I think the first one I ever got, which was the first year I was really into football, I think I got two football books. One of which was the St. Michael Soccer Yearbook. Actually, no, I got three, actually. Because I got that, which was uh, Marks and Spencer's basically used to produce books under their St. Michael brand. Um, And one of them was a soccer yearbook, which I think they did for a couple of years. I don't think they did it much after that. I've recently bought the 87 version. But the 86 one, I absolutely loved because it had pictures from the 86 World Cup in it. And it was the first publication, nerd factor coming out here, it was the first publication I'd actually seen that had any of the German goals, pictures of the German goals in the final. Cause, oh, right. Because all of the magazines at the time obviously focused on the Argentinian goals because they won it. And nobody ever produced any pictures of the German goals. And and I had vague recollections of the German goals, and, and it was nice to sort of have confirmation. But the weird thing mm. is, both of the pictures were literally as... Uh, probably taken about a second or two after the the goal so they were both where just like players falling on the on the floor and the ball in the back of the net so it kind of didn't give much away (laughs) but it it was better than nothing yeah yeah Um, so so being a yearbook i suppose you know full of stuff you know statistics and stuff from you know leading throughout the year you know being literal about these things yeah and obviously you know because it was 
because of the way football seasons run, it stopped at the end of the '86 World Cup. So, yeah. so the first section really covered um, things like that year's European Cup and all the leagues. I mean, it's a brilliant book, and I keep meaning to review it on the site, but I don't, again, I just never, just never get round to it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it covered all of the, the all of the divisions, all the Scottish divisions, and I think one of the interesting things in it is that. Um, after the European Cup, the order that it runs, so you've got like you've got all the English leagues, all the Scottish leagues, um, I think the FA Cup, the Scottish Cup, um, and then you get the European Cup. But after that, you get the Cup Winners' Cup, so yes. and not the UEFA Cup, which I found yeah, interesting because yeah. I was I was regarded the UEFA Cup as like the kind of the next cup, and then the Cup Winners' uh-huh. Cup was like a kind of extra one. But it would seem that back in the day, the Cup Winners' Cup was regarded as as more important than the UEFA Cup. Well, yeah, and funnily enough, um, that's kind of how I regarded it. And yet in latter years, when I was an adult and looking at things, when I <laughs> was able to sort of take a step back and look at the big picture, I sort of thought, why is the Cup Winners' Cup regarded as the second most important? Because it's just a cup competition. It's just a kind of, you know, whoever won the cup, they could have been playing weak teams on their way to the final sort of thing. So they could have breezed into the you know European competition <coughs> by virtue of playing some weak teams. Whereas UEFA Cup, you may have conceivably finished second or third in your national championship on the basis of, you know, 30-odd games or so. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, yeah. I suppose looking back, it was the fact that cup competitions in those days were regarded as, as a massive achievement. Yeah. Um, so and technically it was the winner, whereas the UEFA Cup was regarded as runners up. Yeah, that not like that's, not yeah. like now where the European <laughs> Cup has got like losers in it, you know. And that's the well, that's the stupid thing, isn't it? Because it's like now the the Champions League has got like people that finished in fourth in it. I'm looking at you, Arsenal. Um, <laughs> of course, if you're lucky. Um, and uh, yeah. so it's it's you've got that, and obviously the UEFA Cup. This is when, obviously, when finishing second was regarded as kind of losing in effect, whereas now yeah. finishing in the top four is regarded as winning. So mm. obviously, the UEFA Cup would have been seen as a kind of crappy competition for those who lost, whereas <laughs> now it's like you know even coming in fourth is regarded as oh that's a victory for us this season. Well, you see, Arsenal. You see, it's all it's all about the um, the apostrophe. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, basically, the fact that it isn't Champions League, you know. There is no apostrophe, apostrophe in it. There's no apostrophe, so that's just no. that and we're I've, all I've, champions. But this is the thing, I've, I've actually railed against that before. There should be an apostrophe in there somewhere, whether it precedes the S or follows the S. Yeah. One way well, or another, there should be an apostrophe in there. But, you and know, it's, it's, just, a, it's a big smokescreen to re- retain this air of ambiguity. So, uh, you know, that's what that's all about, just to make that clear, in case you hadn't realised that, folks. And, uh, you know, I feel uh, I have to point that out to you, Rich, sorry, before we go on. Um, there it is. That's uh, That was a decision that was made long ago, and we all now have to live with that. Um, <laughs> a decision you know, also known as bollocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's you over bollocks. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, so, um, I mean, so good sort of, yeah, books then, really, I guess. Um, not interesting books. I mean, <coughs> that you mentioned, you know, St. Michael, i.e. Marks and Spencers. Um, I mean, I've, I've reviewed... Um, a world football book that I think you had as well. A sort of yeah, world that Cup was book. that was the other one that I had that year. Uh, was that yeah. one? Which um, and again, well, that's a weird in itself because that's two books produced by uh, by so, Marks and Spencer's with totally yeah. different things. I think that one was like you say that was a world football one though, so that covered clubs from around the world. But then, yeah. the weird thing about the 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 original one I was talking about was it had a club directory at the back of it. Mm-hmm. Which was, right. I mean, to be fair, it wasn't world clubs or anything, but it was, mm. um, 
it covered like all the clubs in the English league, but it was so out of date. I mean, like <laughs> bearing in mind this was 1986 when I got the first one. The the kit representing Coventry was the Talbot kit. All right. And the funny thing um, was, in the 1987 edition, the kit represented Coventry was the Talbot kit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I don't know what the hell kind of. Obviously, they just never bothered updating that. So it, yeah. it suggests that they might have actually made previous editions from about 1980 sort of three onwards, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, so they probably it, thought, wow, they must be still wearing that one. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know. So you look back on it, and it's kind of it, it. It's stupid because you look at it and you think, oh, that would serve as a good record of the time, but it doesn't. It serves as a good record of about three years previous. <laughs> yes. What well, I mean, in terms of, it's funny actually talking about kind of kits like that in books um, of the time because, to my mind, it seems like about five percent of all the books um, and magazines and things at the time that featured football kit designs supposedly current ones were actually accurate but everybody else just kind of did a rough approximation of what they thought was right and that meant you know inaccuracies of that kind that you just mentioned so it's obviously things these days are a lot more you know you can't get away with making mistakes like that if you can call it a mistake but um even if it's an innocent one but um yeah partly that's um that adds to the uh, the charm of the thing but it goes up to a point where you sort of think, no, that's just laziness. That's just, you couldn't be bothered to just pick up the phone and ring that club and say, are you still wearing that kit? Yes or no. And in which case, you know, update it or not. But um, yes, it's a fine line, that kind of thing. One <clears> of <throat> the frustrating things as well is when you've got, um, you know, this whole club directory and you've got something like Liverpool on the cover from where they've won the, the FA Cup that year, yeah. clearly not wearing the Hitachi kit that they're pictured in in the club directory. Mm. <laughs> and, and the thing is, every single illustration of the kits was a bespoke illustration for that club. So it's like mm. they had like a template um, which they'd used and drawn all the kits <clears throat> on it. So someone had obviously sat and drawn all the kits out. And this is what makes me think that maybe there might have been issues before where they yeah. just thought, I am not redrawing, like, you know, 92 <laughs> kits or whatever, and just left it. Oh, Take sod it, it or leave know, it. They wear red, you know, they wear red. They've probably got a pinstripe on there somewhere, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, that was a little bit crappy. But it, it was a great book at the time, and, it, and it, it was one of those books that if you bought, like, a, I suppose what you might call a mainstream book, like from a... I don't know, not like necessarily the shoot annual, but you know, you, if you got a book that was, I don't know, if like like regarded as an official, the St. Michael ones were always kind of a bit off, off beat in effect. Mm. They were, and they always therefore had things in that were a bit more interesting. And like for instance, mm. they like for where they covered the cups, they literally had the results of every single round in there, mm. you know, in in detail. So it, yes. was, it was it was really great because you could get to see that you know where Coventry went out in the early rounds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I must admit that world football book that I reviewed a while back um, it really opened my eyes because I always used to I, the, the amount of times I went shopping with my mum on a Saturday morning as a kid um, to uh, somewhere like Marks and Spencer especially um, around Christmas time because that's where you got your fancy food you know your your, your special kind of stuff um, <laughs> like it was Harrods or something um, <laughs> it, I always used to see their stuff like football books for kids and I used to sort of think give me a break like you know how good's that going to be and yet when I got that world football book it was actually a lot much much better than I thought it was there was lots of great photographs and um you know it was good quality kind of paper used for the pages in and you know glossy pages and stuff and I th- it actually raised 
believe it or not, um, the Marks and Spencers St Michael brand uh, very much in my um, in my mind. I just sort of thought, well, you know, they're clearly a lot better than I gave them credit for previously. So, um, but yeah, as you say, a bit quirky though. Yeah, and I think I think the world football one that you reviewed, um, I think I'm pretty sure that had like a kind of a section on like players from around the world and, and clubs mm. from around the world, and it was just mm. like. You know, just and so you'd get things like you know Penarol and things like that, or mm. Corinthians, which you just never you know get coverage of anywhere else in the mainstream media. So it was yeah. like it was great from that sense because you get to, you'd learn about all these foreign teams, you know, which obviously pre-internet days and everything else was actually quite exciting to learn about foreign teams because there was nowhere else that you mm. could get that information. It's just, yeah, so it's um yeah, and then I, th- I did have, however, the shoot annual for that year as well. Mm-hmm. And I maintain to this day that shoot annuals were crap. <laughs> so, sorry now, for anyone out there who has fond memories of them, but I have only <laughs> crappy memories of shoot annuals and endless disappointment with the fact that they were just they were just balls. But 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 the thing I have to now make some kind of clarification here is this your opinion as um, as you were as a child or as an adult or indeed both? I think I know what the answer is going to be. It's both. Um, yes, because, I thought that was going to be the answer. Yeah, I, it, and, and again, this is not the case that I've since got them out and looked at them and thought, oh, actually, this was rubbish. I remember thinking at the time, to the <laughs> point where actually I have my shoot annuals in my room. I don't have them stuck away in a loft somewhere. But even then, haven't actually bothered to re-look through them because I know how crap they were. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's entirely my childhood memory. I still bought them because you felt like you had to because it's like the official yeah. football annual to get. But yeah, at both times I was just disappointed with them because um, it's just a lot of it's just filler. A lot of it is just you know kind of well actually that's the problem. Most of it is filler, so it's either it's usually filler and a lot of articles you've already read throughout the year. Yeah. So you just read it and you think, and I think they were about six ninety nine or something at the yeah. time, which is not you know considering that was the eighties, that's not an insignificant amount. Mm. Um, and you think I've just wasted seven quid of my money on this. <laughs> And it's cack. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, see, the reason I made that clarification is because as a kid, I always used to think they were brilliant. I mean, I, I'm not scathing of them now particularly, but it's just I can see through adult eyes um, material which was aimed at kids. But the thing is, as a kid, I seemed to think um, that they were really good. However, I would have to make the one disclaimer, which is that um, there was a lot of very... Um, word-heavy, text-heavy kind of articles um, talking about, you know, I don't know why... I'm just trying to think, you know, Keith Birkinshaw has changed his tactics to get the best out of the Tottenham team or something, I don't know, whatever it might have been. And and, and that stuff didn't really overly interest me. I was, (coughs) in a rather pathetic sort of way, more interested in the pictures. And that is one thing that shoot annuals always provided in abundance. Um, So, you know, you get to see all the the kits that were being worn and the and the players of the era and you know quite exciting quite pretty good you know uh, photography actually um, it has to be said so I was more into that and and yes you had all the other lightweight stuff like the crosswords and the puzzles and the quizzes and blah de blah de blah um, but um, so at the time I probably as a kid I had a higher opinion of shoot annuals rather than like now I look at it and go yes that is a little bit lightweight but um, so fair enough I take your point. I think the other thing that, that disappointed you is that everything's in black and white. I yeah. There might have been like four pages in the middle where they had some colour, and the rest of it was all black and white. And it was just like, yeah. it, just, it was just dull. It was yeah. just boring. 
therein lies the ruse and you had this amazing glossy high color front cl- front cover for uh, on the hardback book sort of thing and then you opened it up and it was all this kind of old you know recycled bog paper that was in printed in <laughs> monochrome so yeah there was a bit of a bit of a ruse going on there but i suppose it's the old trick and it always annoyed me that the numbers were wrong it's like in 87 <laughs> yes. in 1986 you get the 87 annual it's yeah. like, no, it's not 1987 that's just silly I know, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So yes, a classic thing that always used to throw me completely as well. Yes, um, so um, so we've got um, the St Michael's Soccer Yearbook <coughs> shoot annuals. Anything else that you can think of? Um, not from that first year. I think. I mean, I think I might have had like the odd Sabutio teams. Not not that year, but um, I think the following year I probably got like a Sabutio team or something. But again, nothing mm. major. But the, I think the next thing that I vaguely remember getting, apart from the following year shoot annual, was my England pajamas. Ah, oh, lovely. Were, yes, I were, think you've mentioned those, haven't you? Before? Yes, I have. Yeah, they were awesome. Ah. They were <laughs> so good. You wore them the whole time. I'm still wearing them now. <laughs> Mr. Sucky Sweet <laughs> likes his England pajamas. <laughs> oh dear! Um, How very yeah, disturbing. That, yeah, exactly. But as I have mentioned before, they were great because so often um, in in things like that, where you had um, you know articles of clothing based on the the club's kit at the time, they looked nothing like the kit. They'd put, and I think you've mentioned before, you know, it'd be like you know, for Liverpool, it'd be a generic red shirt with yeah. a liver bird on it, and that was it. You know. <laughs> Um, if you were very if lucky, a, ma- a white white V neck, but that was yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the England one actually looked incredibly like the England shirt at the time. Yeah. And okay, we had a very plain England shirt at the time because it was um, eighty six to eighty seven. Um, but the 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 shirt itself was was naturally a white top with a, a an actual proper V neck on it, like a dark blue V neck and cuffs, and then an England badge on it, a proper England badge, you know. And it was just like. This is pretty much just the actual kit, and I absolutely yeah. love those pajamas. They were great. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's an element of uh, yeah, a tone of your voice which just suddenly went very wistful when you say that. <laughs> they were bloody great. They were. <laughs> I was still had them. Why didn't my mummy throw them away? <laughs> They're too small for you, Richard. Take them off. <laughs> no, mum. You'll la- you'll get laughed at at university. I don't care. <laughs> They'd laughed at me on the bus, mum. <laughs> I wet myself again. <laughs> ah, lovely, wonderful, wonderful. happy memories. Yeah. Uh, I, I've seen a picture of those. Um, well, I'm guessing they were similar, if not the same, uh, pajamas as you were talking about. And um, you know, we've done a couple of um, uh, articles on the on the pod about stuff that you used to be able to order from. Um, uh, catalogs and stuff like that and that was a kind of classic place to get them we might even come on to catalogs later on even if we've got time but um no that's fair enough i i think you know if they were that good then wear them in fact um a, my, a similar thing for me wasn't really football related but there was one year when i was about 12 and my mum got me these um they were like you know like the old-fashioned pajamas that were like full-length trousers and a kind of you know a long sleeve kind of jacket well these were waistcoat. like not a waistcoat, no. <laughs> Some kind of perverted and Worcester fetish you've got there. Um, no, it was it was like a kind of it was like a pajama set, but it was like a t-shirt and shorts, right? So, and I thought it was like a it was like stepping forward from the seventies into the eighties in terms of the design of the thing. I thought, wow, these are amazing. And 
we lived at the time in a in a cul-de-sac and there was like a square in front of our house like a three-sided square you might say in front of where we lived and uh, a three-sided square you, mean you know what i mean well you just stop it <laughs> Please, I'm trying to build the... I'm tent- pretty sure a square, by definition, has four sides. Yes, technically, but anyway, I'll speak to you about that later. Um, <laughs> but there was like a kind of path going around this kind of green square, like a lawn, and um, the the typical thing was on Christmas Day, all the other kids living in all the other neighbouring houses would come out in their you know, roller skates or their you know, chopper bike or whatever it was. And I kind of went out, and I that year... I got um, a pair of trainers. Uh, heaven knows what make they were, whatever. But I thought I'm going to wear those, and I also wore my <laughs> what were my pajamas. But they looked like a kind of t-shirt and shorts, like a summer kind of set, which would have been fine were it not, you know, actually December when I was going outside. <laughs> but I, I kind of decided to run around the block in my new trainers, but wearing my pajamas, which is faintly embarrassing. <laughs> Wish I hadn't mentioned that now. Actually. <laughs> Uh, this is turning into therapy this isn't it yeah well you know repressed repressed christmas memories (laughs) but i get the thing about you know if you like a decent a really good pair of pajamas why you might like them let's change the subject now shall we (laughs) let's move on quickly although i did actually have not for christmas i did actually have a pair of um france 98 boxer shorts once so (laughs) <laughs> now let's talk you, about therapy. You can all you can almost see my footics. <laughs> that bet. doesn't really that doesn't really work as an innuendo, but you know. No, no. If you're a Do. nerd, you get the joke. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and it's not really a funny joke either. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I I think the the only thing I've noted down for the following year, um, 1988, this would be, uh, is I got a I remember getting a massive tub of felt tip pens. Um, mm. And the reason that's relevant is because this was at the height of my football kit designing. So mm-hmm. the, the reason I got the pens was so that I could have a, a much more varied palette for my um, football kit designs. But of course, yes. Indeed. And that's about it. I can't really... And other than that, I think the next thing I've really thought about was when I in 1998 when I got Actual Soccer 3 for the, mm. PlayStation, 2, uh, for the PlayStation, actually, if not the PlayStation 2. And uh, that that was fantastic because I just pretty much spent the entirety of the Christmas holidays playing actual soccer three. Fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, if there's no other reason to have time, you know, to to yourself over the over the festive period, then it's to really thrash a kind of game like that or whatever. Even if it's a board game or computer game, <coughs> video. Yeah, if you get the chance to to just loaf about generally and and, and thrash a game like that, I think that's fantastic. And, and the then mother-in-law was up visiting at the time, so any excuse to hide away in the room <laughs> and play computer games. Um, but Did you I have it connected up in the meter cupboard? And you could just, I'm just going to go and check the meter for about half an hour. <laughs> I'm going to play some extra soccer. That sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> I'm just going to check the... Mr. Sucky Sweet has just had to check his meter. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but uh, <laughs> I actually but got... Um, Go on. No, I was just going to say, later on in the podcast, we'll be talking about the national tour for Mr. Sucky Sweet, and you can uh, visit him in person and see the the live show. But anyway, sorry, go on. You can sit on Mr. Sucky Sweet's knee. (laughs) (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) What's in my sack for you? Um, (laughs) God. (laughs) What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, actual Saga 3. Um, Oh, no, sorry. (laughs) Um, and I actually got, I actually set up my, because I, I then, years later, I had a PS2 as well, which mm-hmm. was, uh, at the time, everything was, it was pretty much backwardly compatible with everything mm-hmm. from the PlayStation. So I actually set it up again the other night. Um, I mm-hmm. tweeted out that I was going to do that, and I did. Um, and was that? 
Uh, it was good. It's um, the problem was is that I, I predominantly played that game on a fourteen inch monitor, um, and when you scale up to a, a thirty two inch HD TV, it doesn't look as good as it used to. <laughs> Funny that. It looks incredibly ropey, um, uh. but it's still great to play. I still I still really love it, and it's just, I mean. It, uh, I, I I loved Actual Soccer 3. I had Actual Soccer 2 before it, uh, but 3 was just much more polished. I'd, I'd read reviews that say that 3 was actually the worst of the lot, but uh, no, nah, it wasn't. It was brilliant. It looked great mm-hmm. as well. And that they had like proper stadiums in it and everything. It was it was around that time where you were starting to get football games where you actually had like a 3D modelled stadia that yes. you were playing in, whereas before that, you generally just had a black background or something, or just like, you know, kind of... Um, a bitmap crowd or something mm-hmm. whereas this was like proper polygon stadiums wow. um so yeah and i, 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 I remember to... i remember as well trying to work out this is total nerd territory i remember <laughs> trying to work out uh, which stadia uh, which stadium it was because um, yeah, yeah. it, it obviously wouldn't tell you it would say like um you know kind of blue town or something for like ipswich or something like that mm-hmm. and i think coventry was in there because i think at the, at the time we were still in the premiership so mm-hmm long time ago <laughs> I was just going to say you know in a nutshell um you know I mean you mentioned the the, the polygon and everything so because we recently did the the greatest ever uh, football retro football video game uh, vote off and all that kind of stuff so what would have been the selling point of Actra Soccer 3 what was it that nailed it for you in terms of features <clears throat> um well it was it was proper 3D one um it was it was one of the first breeds that had moved away from isometrics, because your original games were either uh, flat up and down the pitch like mm-hmm. Kickoff Two and Sensible Soccer, or they were flat left and right on the pitch like Man United Europe and like Arctic World Cup Soccer or whatever. <laughs> um, and then you kind of moved on once graphics capabilities moved on. You got the isometrics, like I think FIFA ninety five possibly. And, uh, and then you had like international superstar soccer, which I think was what went on to be pro Evo, yeah. and they were all isometric. And I never got on with the isometric at all. I just I, I couldn't get my head around the fact that you pressed up and he would go diagonally. Yes. And I think I think you could change that, but I, I just never liked it. No. And then I think I'm trying to think if actual soccer was one of the first ones that came out with a proper 3D um, thing. So it was like a proper 3D modeled ground. Which you could, and the camera, the d- default camera that they had, would kind of would swoop around, um, yes. and I, I actually just generally stuck to the touchline camera because it was just a lot easier to work out where the hell you were going, and that was, I and mean, that annoyed me actually the fact that when it would change camera angle, obviously, if you were going up the pitch, so you'd be going left, and then it would swoop the camera around, suddenly your player would start drifting off towards the bottom of the screen because mm-hmm. now left meant going diagonally to towards the corner flag. <laughs> so you kept having to change your direction. So I generally just used the boring old side-on camera. But it was the fact that you actually... It, was, it felt more immersive because you actually felt like you were in an actual 3D environment. Yeah. And like I say, when you look at things like FIFA now, which is almost to a point of, of, of bordering on photorealism, it's like it looks really basic and chunky but mm. it didn't matter i mean it's like you know in the same way that the generation that grew up on things like pac-man and that you didn't care that it was all blocky mm-hmm. it was just it was an immersive game so yeah i think the 3d really added to it and it was just you could bend the ball really easily and if you could just score i basically i think because it was dead easy <laughs> i could just score yeah. loads of goals in it 
Um, so yeah, I just I just played it, and and possibly the mother-in-law factor as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we, we've had this discussion before. I think uh, yeah, in terms of um, you know the essential ingredients for a, a good v- video game. I mean, um, actually, as I'm thinking of that, I'm making a mental note that I might have to write an article about that. Um, but, but basically, what we've said, I think, before is that it's it's actually no no good being a simulation. You've actually got to make it sort of a, a heightened, slightly tweaked version of reality. It's no use trying to get, you know, Dennis Bergkamp's exact bloody facial features. You know, it's, it's, it's not so much about that as being able to, say, bend the ball in an arca- arcade style or, uh, you know, do something that's slightly impossible almost. I think we... I mean, I'm kind of gabbling on a bit here because we discussed this before, but I think that's the kind of... Because, like, with Sensible Soccer, for instance, like, when I was playing that years ago... Um, the one thing I used to love being able to do is pull the joystick back and then suddenly you hit this long shot from miles out and you could kind of you know twist the joystick and, and bend the ball and my mate Martin who was playing at the time he always, always used to say oh yeah but it's not um, it's not like real football that's why you know I prefer kickoff and I thought no it's because I keep beating you at sensible soccer um, <laughs> but 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 that I used to like sensible soccer because of that there was a slight kind of arcade element whereas these days I think games are trying to be like real football and you sort of think well if I want real football I'll just turn sky on or something yeah well, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're digressing slightly from the Christmas theme, but it, it, I agreed. I mean, I love Premier Manager and Premier Manager Two because they were pretty simple games, and it yeah. was great fun. You know, it was immersive enough. There were enough things to do. You know, like buy advertising space on your hoardings and that, and you know, train your players and things like that. There was enough to do to make it feel like you were actually running things. Yeah. Whereas now, if you go into FIFA, it's like I mean, I, I played it recently, and it's like. You can the, the amount of options you've got. It's like you can take an individual player, and there's about twenty different areas for you to train him on, or to you know make sure that he's nourished and everything like this. And it's like that's too much. I don't. This is not a job. I want to play a game. I don't want to actually immerse myself to the point where I'm actually working as an unpaid intern for Cove City Football Club. You know, if I want to do that, I'll go and work for Cove City Football Club. <laughs> I mean, I get yeah. I mean, final sort of point on that is, as you say, it's it's a bit. What the, what I was going to say is, um, I think, if as I understand it, uh, a lot of these games nowadays is that they have um, a setting where you can kind of go into the nth degree of detail, or you can turn it off and play the simplified version. You think, well, you either are going to do this or you aren't. So you might as well just get rid of that setting and just say this is going to be an entirely kind of immersive experience down to the nth degree. And therefore that's what you're going to get and rather than because you know who needs all that you know as you say i'd rather just get on and play a simplified version of the game so perhaps just market it as that and anyway sorry a soapbox moment there just uh, <laughs> as ever but um no fair point actually while we're on the subject of um, video games and such like we have had a comment from william abs uh, an occasional um, uh, contributor and indeed a correspondent of ours hello william uh, he actually um, responded to our uh, admittedly last minute um, request for comments um, uh, regarding sort of old Christmas presents and stuff like that and he said FIFA 96 I played it endlessly uh, even once I'd worked out how to score from corners at will so I mean there you have it and as I said before if you can't spend a fair while playing a new computer game that, at Christmas then you know, when can you do so but uh, thanks William for your comment there That's, uh, that sums it up perfectly really uh, a chance to really get stuck into a new football video game great stuff 
Indeed. <coughs> Indeed. So um, I was yes. well, I was just looking down the list of things, um, and I was thinking of because um, all the stuff we talked about is obviously when we were children, but obviously still into football now. But obviously, when you're an adult, it's not the same getting stuff. Because <laughs> I was just looking down the list of all the stuff that I get nowadays that are football related, and it's all stuff that I buy myself. So it's yeah. it's not quite the same. I mean, okay, even in the I mean, to be fair, in the even when I was a child, most of the stuff that I got would have been stuff that I'd have put on a list. Yes. You know, and I've usually known which ones I was getting because I'd have had to have made choices on those lists. But even but, so, it's like nowadays I'm talking about things that I would have gone and bought myself. But yeah. I still keep it for Christmas Day. <laughs> well, I suppose that's uh, there's a certain sort of discipline to that, really, in being able to enjoy that moment. I said, oh, I wonder what this could be. Um, <laughs> well, I, mean, I think is I, I don't specifically remember. I remember Christmases fondly going back into the past when I was a kid and, um, you know, the routine of what we used to do as a family on Christmas Day and, and like silly things like um, instead of having a bit of toast dry old toast or something for, for breakfast my mum or dad would sort of say bit of a bit of a fry up fancy bit of bit of egg and bacon and so and they would and go the extra mile and do a bit of egg and bacon a fried breakfast for, for Christmas breakfast I thought that was you know that was always a lovely thing and then you know the, the, the ritual thing of handing out the presents that were under the tree and stuff like that and yet um, my memory of specific presents for specific years or for for a particular Christmas are a little bit hazy, but I'm convinced that the um, Subutio Club Edition that I mentioned in the past um, on a previous podcast when we were talking about Subutio, um, I'm sure that was a Christmas present, and I would have got that at the age of about eight. Um, uh, so I'd have, that would have been like, what, 79, I suppose. Um, and But one thing occurred to me just in the last sort of 24 hours when I was thinking about anything else that I maybe had forgotten and I'm sure that see one thing I had when I was um, quite young was a, a football a football table I always get that kind of pronunciation wrong I always wonder whether I should pronounce it like I'm a German um, a football table so basically one of those tables where um, you've got all your players on spindles uh, and, and you kind of twist the kind of uh, rods and you flick the ball to go up one end I'm sure you know what I'm talking about here I do uh, yeah, and um, <coughs> tabletop soccer is the yeah are called. And, and yet the thing is, the legs from this supposed table, uh, I think, disappeared within about ten minutes of me getting this as a present, whenever that was. Um, so it was always to me a sort of game to play on the floor or, or on a table <coughs> if I could find one. Um, my memory is that the two teams. There's one team with red shirts and black shorts, so that could conceivably have been Man United, and the other team I think were wearing yellow shirts and black shorts. So you know, maybe a sort of proto Burton Albion or something. I don't know, um, but um, but I had that for years and years, um, and it was a good game actually. It was always stuck at the back of the cupboard, but every once in a while, I'd kind of get that out. And I'm sure that was a Christmas present. Um, but again, same sort of time, maybe seventy nine, eighty ish, kind of time. Um, other than that, um, I mean, there was something you mentioned earlier on before. You sort of talking about football kits. And you were saying your birthday's in was it February? You said wasn't it? Yeah, and and so therefore, uh, but but <coughs> actually, um, the new football kits every season were released obviously at the start of the season, so that was kind of August. Therefore, if you wanted a, wanted a, a new kit and you were enraptured by a new kit that had come out, you were probably going to try and get it as close to then, 
you know, July, August, September, let's say, as possible. When Christmas came around, December, it was a bit sort of like been and gone. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm sounding terrible now. Like, you know, so how was that like for you getting that in February then, Rich? Um, well, I mean, I think I think when the second cov kit that I bought, the Hummel one, came out, I think I actually did buy that. I think I saved up my money because I knew it was coming out. So I think I actually saved up my money and bought that one when it came out. Hmm. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm trying to think. I didn't have that many kits when I was as a child. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, and I think I tended to get the ones for my birthday, the ones that I wasn't that bothered. I mean, like I said before, when the England 87 one came out, I hated it at first. <laughs> absolutely hated it. And then by the time my birthday rolled around, I'd grown to like it. So, yeah. <clears throat> and I think because I kept seeing the adverts for it and... You know, you'd see adverts in Match and Shoot for all the things, and then you think, well, actually, no, I quite like it. I think, hmm. but in in terms of football kits, and actually one of the other areas we we're going to talk about, which was um, um, things that we wished we'd got, or yeah. things that we never got that we really wanted. Um, one of the things that I always, for about three years, and my mate used to take the mick at me for this, um, every year I would say that I was going to get one, and never did. And it was mainly because I couldn't make up my mind. Um, and it was a, a goalie top. And it was, uh, I think it was, I think it was by Roosh who who <laughs> made goalie gloves and stuff. Yes, um, yes. And there was this particular advert, and I think um, um, oh, Jimmy from the glove bag uh, found it, I think, and sent it to me um, recently. Uh, not much, not recently. It was a while ago actually. Um, and it was basically like a side strip advert. So it was like you know, mm. kind of a third of a page, a strip down the side, and it had like a couple of goalie gloves, and then it had like um, illustrated goalie tops. Yeah, and there was a yellow and black one, I think a green and black one, uh, a red and blue one, and then a blue and silver one, and Mm. possibly another one as well. I think there might have been like a a silver and purple one or something. And every year, it was the same advert for years. Every year, (laughs) I said, right, I really want one of those because I really, I I was really into being a goalie at the time. So I had some like decent goalie gloves and stuff, and I really wanted a goalie top. And every year, I was going to get one, but I could never make up my mind which one I wanted (laughs) because I liked the blue and silver one um, because it it was obviously silver and looked cool. (laughs) But I also liked the yellow and the green ones because they were more traditional goalie tops. Mm. And in the end, it would just get too close to Christmas and I couldn't make up my mind and then I decided to get something else like Action Force (laughs) or something. And and I did the same for three years running. And my mate always used to take the mick out me going, you're never going to buy one. I was going, I am. I'm definitely going to get one. And then I never did. Um, But it it was really nice to see the advert again recently because it was just like, it was such a big part of my Christmas build-up is not getting one of these kits. And then uh, to see the advert again recently, it was like, yeah, that's it. And then even now, I couldn't decide which one I'd get if I was going to get one. Uh, I'm, I'm just—I'm still reading for the fact that you mentioned Action Force. Sorry, that's just—you uh, that's, that's that scored bonus points for that. I tell you, GI Joe to our American listener. <laughs> Nostalgia points plus one hundred on that one. Um, well, yes. Uh, funny you mentioned goalkeeper tops actually, because um, um, another thing I mentioned before is that I used to play quite a lot, uh, quite a lot in goal when I was uh, younger and. Uh, at some point I, I also felt that I needed a, a goalkeeper top and I, the one I got in the end was um, it wasn't Roosh but I think I was probably seeing Roosh adverts in Shoot magazine and stuff like that at the time but the one I got was a green <coughs> green goalkeeper top and it had padded elbows which was like 
you know, cutting edge at the time. I mean, can you imagine such a thing? It was probably just an extra bit of wadding that had been sort of rammed into the elbow bit of the uh, fabric, but um, but meant the world to me because it just meant a little bit of extra sort of you know self assurance, self confidence when you're diving around on the on the grass there trying to stop shots and stuff like that. And and um, I wore that for a while. It had a kind of like a black collar, I seem to remember, but it was fundamentally it was a bit of a cheapo kind of brand. But it was it was a step forward. You know, what can I say? It was, it was a step nearer to becoming the new. Phil Parks, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> well, that's um, I mean, all of the I think all of the goalie tops at the time did have the padding because I remember the yeah. Roosh ones had it as well. But I also remember um, Peter Shilton's uh, shorts had padding in the '86 oh. World Cup. They had padding down the side. Yes, and I remember actually. <laughs> I remember my a lot of my action man outfits that I had uh, when I was a kid eventually got turned into football shirts because uh, I, I would customize them and make them into football shirts. And one of them actually did. Was he had a pair? I think my mum had actually made him a pair of shorts, and I at some point got some. Um, I can't remember what I did. I got some some sort of uh, foam or something, and basically stitched them into the side so that he had proper padded goalie shorts. <laughs> wow! I know. I'm impressed. Wow. Make make do and mend. <laughs> it's the well, way no. forward. That uh, was that was what it was all about. Bit of creativity <coughs> at the time. Yeah. Damn right. Um, so yeah, I, and I think. I think uh, I always uh, again uh, something else I wanted was a pair of All Sport goalie gloves because because um, All Sport were the brand for yes. for me for goalie stuff apart mm-hmm. from that rouge top um, because <laughs> there was in the first ever issue of Shoot that I bought there was an advert on the back uh, featuring Peter Shilton and a whole host of other keepers yes. and I think if you go to the glove bag you'll find that advert on there because it's. Um, oh. Uh, it's from 1986, so you, I'd be surprised if it I've wasn't on there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've definitely seen it on the site because again, it was it was great to see that one again because I remember that very clearly and, and just sort of drooling over all the different all sport gloves and I, I love their logo as well. Yeah, um, and I always wanted a pair of those, but again, they were always a little bit too expensive, so I never quite sort of bought them. So yeah, you know, great things that I wanted. Yeah, no, absolutely. There was um, there was a, a shop in Romford, not far from where I lived in Essex, um, back in the day when I was a kid, called um, Ted Ditchburns, and uh, I think Ted Ditchburn was a former Andrew Rockall. Know this? He got in touch with us as well. We're going to read his comment comment out soon. Uh, a Tottenham supporter, he'll know. Um, Ted Ditchburn, I think, used to play for Tottenham, and he had a shop in Romford Town Centre, and uh, you could buy kind of sports stuff in there, and. Um, yeah, um, that, I mean that was just sort of that tied in very much with the era of, as you say, you know, all all sport um, um, goalkeeper gloves. I'm not. Sure, I'm trying to rack my brain whether I I ever actually owned a pair of those gloves. And I think I had. I did. I think I'm sure I did have a pair of all sport gloves at some point. Um, just because again that thing they were always in shoot magazine. You know, Sondico. Roosh. I'm, I'm wondering whether the correct German pronunciation was actually Roosh, but maybe Pro- we possibly shouldn't. was. I think I think the only time I ever I never had a clue. I was I, th- I always think no. I always called it Rioch or something. But I think one, <laughs> of, one of the kids, at, yeah, one of the kids at school actually had a pair, and he pronounced them Roosh. So that's the only one. I think you're probably right there, Roosh. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, um, well, yeah. That was the very. See, when I was at school, right? When I was at, when I started at. Um, uh, Eastbury Comprehensive School, which was the early '80s. That was the era when you started seeing um, uh, brand names like um, Sergio Tacchini or Tacchini or whatever. The, you know, again, we're getting into pronunciations. <coughs> um, but the classic one was um, K- 
kids in my class used to call them Elise um, trainers. Where I'm sure it's LS, LS, literally sure LS. Yes. But they always used to call it Elise in that stupid way that you do when you're about ten. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, yes. Oh no, that's a, a nice um, memory actually. Goalkeeper equipment and stuff. Uh, that was always good. Um, but I mean, I recently wrote an article for the Attic about sort of Sabutio stuff because I, I think the only thing I ever got Sabutio related for Christmas was a, a club edition set, and that's a sort of seventy-five percent certainty, let's say. Um, but it was quite sort of fun actually having a think because I was going to do a, um, a list of five general football-related things I'd like to have got for Christmas, and it occurred to me. I thought, well. I don't think I ever used to get, say, you know, Sabutio <coughs> teams for Christmas or accessories or anything like that. So it was actually good to sort of say, well, if I'd have, if I could have had five, you know, Sabutio accessories or bits and pieces over my entire childhood, these were the ones I'd like to have got for Christmas. And so I sort of picked a few things like teams, a few teams I'd have liked, and uh, you know, accessories and bits and bobs. Um, but you know, Sabutio actually would have been a, a great thing to have got on Christmas Day because, by its very nature, um, it was always overpackaged, as I'm sure you'll appreciate, Rich. <laughs> I mean, it, things like um, like I think that that first club edition set that I had, all it had really was what a, a folded pitch, a couple of teams, a couple of corner flags, a couple of footballs. That was about it, probably. And yet, they put it in a box that was the size of <coughs> Hertfordshire, you know, just to kind of make it seem like it was bigger than it really was. When you took, took the lid off the top, there was just this massive expanse of <laughs> in between all the all the players and stuff. And you kind of go, hmm, I think I might have been sold a pup here, but I'll go along with it for the you know sake of whatever. Um, but they always put all the bits and pieces in a huge box when they didn't really need to. But... That's how you sell stuff, I suppose. That's how you get the you know the the imagination and, and get kids engaged in that sort of stuff. Is you just sort of overpackage everything, really. Well, that links nicely actually with something else I was going to mention, which was I was just trying to think of what it of the, of the game that it was that I really wanted when I was a kid. Um, that was an alternative to, to, to Sabutio, and I always I could never think what it was called, um, and I, I had an, a vague idea it was striker. But I looked at Striker and it's like it definitely wasn't that because the the players were different. And then I remembered what it was. I found it on Peter Upton's site, mm-hmm. and it was um it was Cup Final, which was basically oh, yeah. a, a reinterpretation of Striker. Um, and the reason I liked it because it was by the same people that I think it was Peter Pan that did Test Match. Yes. Um, and I had Test Match, and that actually was what I was about to say was the in terms of overpackaging, test match that I had was a gigantic box. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here at the moment and with with my laptop and everything on a desk, and it the box was about the size of the desk because it, it was it was just ridiculously massive. I mean, I think I bought it from a, a toy shop uh, called Goldie's or in in Intershop in uh, in Coventry in the uh, mid eighties, right? And it was like a, a I think it was basically in, uh, they just brought out the new edition of, of uh, Test Match, which was in a much smaller box, and so they were selling off the old ones. Yeah. And I'd wanted Test Match because I was really into cricket when I was a kid, so I'd wanted it for years, and finally I'd got one because it, like, it was like half price. But I just remember it's this gigantic box, and literally, like you say, you open it up, and there's obviously there's only like eleven figures in there a batsman and a bowler and a ball and that's it and that's literally it but each one instead of just being nowadays it would just be like all the players would be because they're just plastic figures they'd just be in a bag 
know, <coughs> yeah. the bowler would be <coughs> probably deconstructing to as many small parts as possible, and just and you could probably fit the whole of Test match into literally the something the size of a laptop. That's it because yeah, yeah the pitch folded up because because it was just foam, and then all the border strips were no longer than the length of that. And then everything could easily have just fitted into like a, the something that small, like a biscuit tin or something. But no, the way they present them was to have a big layer of cardboard with cutouts in it, with each fielder stuck in about five centimetres away from the next one in a grid formation. It's like there's just no need for it. And it just, it just suddenly reminded me of it. But then that reminded me of Cup Final. And yeah. um, just remember seeing that. Because I think that came out sort of the mid to late 80s. And I just always looked at that and thought, because it had that similar sort of test match feel, I, just, I really wanted it. Yeah. But again, I think it was quite expensive. I think it was about 15 quid or something, which at the Ooh, time yeah. was blooming expensive. Right. And that would have been like, you know, that at the time would have been probably, my, that would have to have been one of my main presents. And I just thought, I'm not wasting money on it. because. And I think in the end, I think one of my friends got it and I had a go of it and I was really bored within about a few minutes. So I probably, <laughs> it was probably a narrow miss, really. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> yeah, I must admit, I was always... Um, we mentioned uh, catalogues earlier on, uh, the old mail order catalogues and uh, you know, Freeman's, Marshall Walls, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I always used to see Test Match, and I always used to think, oh, I'd love that as a Christmas present. And yet, at that moment in my life, I had absolutely no knowledge of cricket whatsoever. It was just the fact that it was um, it was a sort of sporting-related, uh, well, not really a board game, but just a game that. You know, you, you had little figures like Sabutio, I suppose. You know, you put sort of things out, and there was a there seemed to be some kind of mechanism for bowling this little you know ball bearing and and stuff like that. And I thought that that just looks terribly exciting. And and I always sort of thought well, it'd be nice to get that, but I never sort of put it on a on a list to Santa, as it were. I never really thought, oh well, you know, I'll ask for it. It was just something I maybe hoped I was going to get randomly from some some third party. <laughs> I don't know who. Um, but it just looked like a good game, that actually. And I remember cups, uh, cup, uh, the the what was it cup football, cup soccer, whatever it was you called it, cup uh, final, cup final. Sorry, uh, yeah. um, I have seen it before. Um, I remember vaguely seeing it in a in a catalogue, and it wasn't until you mentioned it, I thought, oh yes, of course, yes. And clearly they were trying to kind of cash in on the whole football game thing. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you see on you you said Peter Upton's site, you know, you go on there, and there's some great information lots of great um uh, photographs and things of the old subutio sets you used to get and yeah it's just as you quite rightly said players placed inside the box about five centimeters away from the next one it's just and yet they could have sold me an enormous box with nothing in it frankly at that age and i would have happily you know put that on my list i want that empty big cardboard box because it was just it looked exciting even even though it didn't actually kind of um, have a lot of substance in, and, and content to it, really. But there we go. Uh, that's you know, when you were a kid, the sort of things you'd have gone for. Indeed. A test match, I might actually have to point out, was ace. Was it? Um, yes, it oh. was. Well, that's except, reassuring. Except if you had no one else to play with, and then the whole thing was rendered completely useless. Because <laughs> you, much as you might try to control the batsman and the bowler <laughs> at the same time, yeah. it was impossible. Um <laughs> But yeah, but it was it was ace. If you had to, if you had someone else to play with, it was brilliant. Um, but I mean, actually, one thing you mentioned about Sabutio stuff has reminded me. I did actually get two things Sabutio wise uh, for Christmas. Mm. Uh, one was the floodlights, yes, of which we'll speak no more because <laughs> they were crap. Um, and the second was the grandstand. 
which oh, I, I think I did actually get for Christmas, and yeah. that was good. I did like the grandstand, um, except for the course, you know, until they updated it in the late 80s, it was still like a kind of 1930s grandstand. So it's like yeah. you're in the mid 80s, and like, you know, everyone's building modern stands and stuff, and you, you look at this thing, and it's just like, okay, this is more sort of Barnsley than sort of. Um, <laughs> So I was just going to say, which, which version of the, of, the, of the stand did you get? Because it was the green one, presumably, rather yeah, than the red yeah, and blue yeah. one. The, yeah. yeah, the green and, and sort of sandy-coloured terrace. Hmm. And I think I, I bought that literally the year. I think I got that at Christmas, and then the following year was when they released the newer versions, like the kind of Blackburn-type stands. Yes. And I was, I was a little bit gutted <coughs> that they'd done that. Because <laughs> I thought typical, because I couldn't afford another one because they were they were really expensive. They were yes, oh, absolutely. Then that's why on the, um, the previous podcast that we did, where we was talking about um, Subutio stuff, and I said that there was this aunt that visited our, our our house one day, just at random. I never saw her before, never saw her again afterwards, and she brought these two carrier bags full of stuff round, and one of the carrier bags contained all the component parts for a, a, a section of Subutio um, Stadium. Um, uh, and I just thought, my God, it's like winning the lottery because, it, as you say, it was expensive in those days buying the old uh, stadium sections. And um, and in some ways, it was like what I was going to put on my blog post, uh, what I kind of would have liked was um, uh, uh, some of that corner terracing, you know, the kind of curved corner yeah. seating. And yet I never had enough of the other stadium sections to kind of make it fit in kind of context it would have been sitting there on its own here with nothing else around it in a way but um yeah it's just things that you see in the catalogues and stuff and online or nowadays online and you kind of go oh yes i would have quite liked that but i would have needed a bit more stadium infrastructure i think really but i remember seeing the red and blue stadiums and thinking oh yes that does look a bit sort of modern and therefore the green and sandy colored stuff that i've got now is a bit crap now i suppose it's like someone's flicked a switch that's that's crap now this is the new stuff you need to buy um so <coughs> that's the thing with subutio i mean it was good they released lots of stuff and it was realistic but some things got updated like the floodlights every so often they'd even change even the scoreboard the hallowed sacred scoreboard ended up uh, did you ever see the euro 96 version of that subutio scoreboard colored blue no less. Um, yes. No. Pale blue it was with all this kind of garish, kind of green and bits of red on it and stuff. And I just thought, oh no, no, you don't want to do that to something so sacrilegious as the old stadium scoreboard. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean we're rapidly running out of time. I think we're we're heading for an hour already. And here was us thinking we'd only probably have enough to talk about for about half an hour. Just goes to show. Um, yeah, we've uh, underestimated our, uh, our uh, talent for waffling. Um, but um, <laughs> there was something else you mentioned. Uh, on your notes that I've had uh, the privilege of seeing beforehand, Rich, you said uh, Lego football. Now, can you please give me some details about this? Because I'm uh, completely unaware of what that is as a concept. Was that like a square <coughs> ball, I'm thinking, with little sort of you know dimples on the top? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the notes I'd actually made was that I, I, and I when I was thinking about this, it, it actually struck me that I it wasn't I didn't buy this for myself. I actually bought this for my daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, daughter talk about trying to indoctrinate her. Um, <laughs> yeah, when she was probably about, oh, she can't have been that old actually. Must she must have been about four or five or something. <laughs> you know, um, um, I I was looking around because I think. Lego had kind of done um, a, they'd released like a football thing, but I don't think, bizarre enough, I don't think they really released it much in this country, um, which is odd considering how much, you know, football goes in this country. Mm. Um, but they released, they'd had like a, 
they released an actual football game, if you like, because I think it was going through the period where Lego was basically moving away from actually mm. building stuff and just providing custom bits for everything. Yes. So they, they had this thing where you could buy, in effect, a whole stadium, um, and it was... The, the the floor of it was... it was um, I think there was a game years ago um, where you had players that run springs and they had little dimples around them, so the ball would fall to them and then you could ping the player and it would ping the ball off. All right. And it was basically done on that principle. Um, right. So you'd build this whole thing and it had two goals at the, either end, obviously, and then a little bit of terracing around it. Um <clears throat> And they had that, which was the sort of modern version. So I was looking around, but it was very expensive. So I was looking around on eBay, and I managed to get the whole thing on eBay quite cheaply. Hmm. But in my searching on eBay, I also found they'd made a previous version, which was, you know, the big base plates that you get for Lego? Um, Well, they had two massive green ones of those with football markings on it. Um, So that would form a pitch. Hmm. Um, And then I think, I'm trying to think, actually, I think the... The the soccer one they released that was the, the the kind of the modern version that actually came with a Fever Nova ball, um, and I think the other one came with a I think it came with a slight like a kind of um, not a round like not a spherical ball but like a kind of dodecahedron or something mm. you know kind of a like you know, lots of flat surfaces on it and obviously the idea and I think that was more for show because the, obviously obviously the the spring loaded one was an actual game in itself whereas yeah. the the other one was literally just a kind of representation of a football pitch. But I think you could get, um, at the time, I think you could get terracing for it as well. But uh, I know, and I, but that said, though, I actually found recently, I think, um, uh, what are they called? Oh, I'm trying to think what they're called. Uh, the Works, which is mm. a like a kind of discount bookshop. Uh, they actually sell a range of football related, not Lego, obviously, but like kind of knockoff Lego. <laughs> um and they actually have like you know a full stadium that you can buy with like terracing around it, which wow. obviously is not as good as the little Lego stadium that I made, which no. is the best ever. Yes. Um, but yeah, so and I actually also got uh, my daughter the the Lego football PC game, which <laughs> right. she didn't play that much. Actually, I might have had that for the PS2, but yeah, she she never really got into it. So so I'm I ended com- up playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely unaware of. <clears throat> Any of this stuff, I must admit, I didn't even you know well, Lego. I mean, you see all that stuff on the. But let's face it, frankly, folks, you know the the Guardian website, at least the football section of it, is ninety nine percent related these days to bloody Lego. As in, every time anybody scores a goal in any competition anywhere, they have to reenact it in Lego animation. You think, for God's sake! But um, I'm guessing that the people that do those animations are using that kind of stuff that you talked about. I presume. Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, I, I, like I say, I'd, I'd not even heard of it until I until I started searching for it. I just thought, I wonder if there's any, you know, football-related Lego stuff. And then it turns out, there's this whole set. But like I say, it didn't seem to be available much over here. Um, or, or at least it wasn't very publicised. I mean, I'm guessing the fact that uh, it had a fever Nova ball with it, the fact that it, mm-hmm. it would have been around about 2002 mm-hmm. when it was originally released. Yep. So I don't know if it was released to tie in with the World Cup or something, but I, I certainly don't remember seeing it at the time. Mm. Um, so no, it's it's all right. It's it's just in pieces now, though. You know, <laughs> <laughs> natch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Yes. Oh well, fair enough. Um, well, I mean, there's funny enough. You mentioned sort of spring-loaded players. There, I was going to sort of throw in the one game actually that I never <coughs> owned, but uh, many times in my youth was always quite keen to acquire somehow or another. And that was um, Super Striker, uh, or indeed Striker, as it originally was. The old game where you used to sort of press down on the players' heads and 
make their uh, legs twitch in order to kick the ball and stuff like that. Um, I never owned that, but I always kind of was quite keen to get that as a kid. Um, although the thing that it had against it was that it, although they had a few different teams you could buy in the uh, relevant kits of you know, teams like... Uh, I don't know, Everton and Leeds United and Liverpool and great teams of the day, um, they literally only had about probably a dozen at most different teams and deep, uh, teams' kits. So um, whereas with Subutio, they had a far wider range and, and therefore I think that's kind of, as much as anything, that's why I gravitated to mu- so much so uh, towards uh, Subutio rather than Super Striker. Um, but um, but the, the fact that you could press down on a player's head and make the leg move was uh, just like orgasmic for me, really. If uh, if I can de- uh, use a word uh, like that for my <laughs> nine-year-old self, um, but you get the point. But um, but yeah, it's just one of those kind of things. It, like when you sort of go to a friend's house when you're a kid, you go to rant to your mate's house, and then you see that he's got a ball game that you haven't. You kind of go, ah. Huh. I'd really like that game, actually. It's, it's kind of better than everything else that I've got uh, back at home, but um, it's just a sort of skewed version of things, really. Um, but, um, <coughs> yes, Super Striker, uh, one, of those, one of those things I always pined for but never actually owned in the end. Um, so um, anything else? Uh, before, I suppose we ought to be thinking of wrapping up. We've got to do um, a few other messages. We did um, actually uh, hear from Andrew Rockall. Uh, good friend Andrew Rockle. Hello, Andrew. Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, he uh, got in touch with us and he said, um, Wifey went through my browsing history on the computer and uh, has uh, bought Danny Baker's The Game DVD and the Admiral, uh, I can't even say it, the Admiral Man book. Uh, both great presents. Um, so, which is stuff that we've written about on the blog, um, which is uh, it's nice to be so influential, really, uh, Admiral. Uh, I'm calling you Admiral. Andrew, sorry. Get my words mixed up. Um, it's nice to be uh, influencing your your everyday life, and indeed your Christmas, Andrew. It's uh, nice to know. And uh, he said the worst presents are the generic history of football books that uh, people chose for me each year. He said they, <coughs> they are frequently poorly conceived and badly executed. Yeah, I mean, if you go on eBay, you, yes, you, there's certainly a lot out there. They're fairly kind of basic, by the numbers kind of reference books, really. So uh, yeah, I know what you're getting at with that. But uh, you know, hopefully uh, this Christmas your presence will have a certain attic sort of tinge to them and, and, and uh, they'll be uh, adding something to your Christmas experience this year, Andrew. It's, it's also nice to see a wife going through her husband's uh, browsing <laughs> history and not ending in divorce. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I did actually text um, Andrew a while back and sort of say, um, you're sure you have actually deleted all of your history on the, uh, on the news, have you? <laughs> Otherwise, she might be buying, buying you some presents that you may be regretting. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's, your, here's your kind of Angie and Den style Christmas present. <laughs> you said going back about 30 years. <laughs> no, I get the reference. That's good enough for me. Uh, so uh, thank you very much indeed Andrew for your comments and um, yes Linda Brown um, said um, get them to do what you do buy them yourself and even wrap them and all and all I have to do is write the label from the mother-in-law which is (laughs) an easy kind of way of doing these things yes I suppose so so thank you Linda well the funny thing is actually I mean I was going to say we've me and my wife have been having this exact conversation recently because I am a nightmare to buy for because obviously, like you know, I collect football shirts and and things like that, and it's just because th- there's no necessary rhyme or reason as to which shirts I will want or buy. So it's like you know that the chance of her managing to sort of come up with one that I 
like is a you know a real rare one or something that I would want. She has no chance of being able to buy <laughs> me anything for Christmas, and it really frustrates because she's easy to buy for. So I can get her lots of presents and then go, oh, well, you know what? It's fine now. I'll buy you lots, and you buy me nothing. In it, she'll just go. I have no idea what to get you. It's just like I know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but uh, mind you, that said, she did manage to get me. She got me the Liverpool shirt for my um, birthday, which was cool because mm. it was actually uh, amazingly. I, I worked afterwards. It was the first ever Liverpool shirt I'd had, which I, oh. apart from that one when I was a child with that scratchy knockoff from the market kit. So <laughs> wow, that's so, wonderful. Yes. So obviously, I, obviously, I'm assuming she'll have done the same tomorrow, and I'll uh, see what amazing shirt she's bought me. Well, I'm, I'm thinking that time when she got you that Liverpool shirt, it was probably down to the 85 different post-it notes you littered around your house, saying this is what you need to buy me for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I did consider doing that this year and just sort of dropping lots of hints. But then the problem is, if I if I don't see anything on eBay, I'll buy it when I see it. So it's just like I could leave a little thing. She go, oh, I bought you this guy. Yeah, I just bought that myself. You know, never mind. I'll find. <laughs> She, she was bidding the price up against me <laughs> <laughs> yes don't <laughs> yep uh, uh, but well, other than that I mean the only other thing I tend to get these days is, is like I say I, I tend I try and get um, an, an annual kit haul so I sort of all the bargain basements of like you know sports direction jd sports and mm-hmm. well it used to be jjb's as well and i usually try and get a couple of shirts just to have on christmas day as again little mini presents to myself and mm. uh, it was looking like i wasn't going to get anything this year but then i recently found a couple of bargains on on jd sports website so i managed to bag some of that very good so i shall be opening those tomorrow and staring at their loveliness <laughs> excellent good man that's that's what it's all about yes uh getting getting what you want that's uh, <laughs> that's got to be your main priority <laughs> really exactly yeah uh excellent um well i mean i think that's um that's kind of all we have for you for the time being ladies and gents and thanks for joining us and all that for the for the last what 70 minutes or so um as we trawl back through christmas's past and present we haven't really kind of discussed stuff <coughs> that we wish we hadn't got um i can't remember ever getting anything football related that i wish i'd had um i remember actually i mean not really kind of on that subject but i remember one christmas when i was a kid going around to my cousin's house and he had a board game which was uh, called itv7 and um for those of a certain age you'll remember that uh, world of sport which is the itv antidote to uh, grandstand they used to do this uh, feature they'd show seven horse races during the afternoon and this is a major tangent we're going down here um seven horse races during the day and they called it the itv7 and inexplicably they made a, a board game called the itv7 and i remember, remember going out to his house on christmas day with my dad and i saw in their cupboard they that he'd just got as a present this game and I thought well that kind of beats everything that I've received myself this Christmas and again it's that whole perception that actually all the presents I got that Christmas were perfectly fine it was just that thing of like you know lazy envy of thinking oh I wish I had that what you got um but you know there it is that's that's kind of you know childhood Christmas is um uh, symbolized in a nutshell really uh we hope that uh, whatever you get this Christmas is uh, is good and uh, hope there's some uh, hopefully there's some football related stuff in amongst it all and um and if not well we hope you've uh, raided eBay and bought something of your own choosing much like uh, Rich was just saying itself uh, just uh, something of your own choice so that's uh, what it's all about um anyway um, that's it, I think, pretty much for the time. And don't forget, you can uh, listen to this podcast and many of our others, and indeed many of other, uh, other people's uh, podcasts as well, on uh, squareonefootball.com, Square on Football Radio. You can hear us and uh, lots of other good stuff on there too, so 
don't remember uh, don't remember don't forget rather to uh, to go there and uh, find lots of great podcasts to listen to have a wonderful christmas we will be back with you again very soon in the new year 2015 uh, but for now, which, um, speaking as I am, uh, it's uh, 1.05 on Christmas Day. Happy Christmas, mate. Have a good day. And to you, mate. In- enjoy it. And uh, let's hope that uh, the next year brings lots of health, wealth and happiness. Health, wealth and happiness and lots of football nostalgia. Because that's what we're all Indeed. about on the football attic, don't you know? Um, have a great time, everyone. We'll be back with you again very soon. Until next time, uh, from the football attic, from myself and from Rich, it's goodbye. It's goodbye from Mr. Sucky Sweet. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye.